Thank you very much, and um, thank you all for coming. Um, I'm going to just talk a little bit about why I'm pouring my heart and soul into this, and I've been doing it for over a decade, and why it's really important that we have these conversations. So fundamentally, we live in, a, in an age where we have the opportunity to really change the way we see the world. Um, we're collecting and connecting immense um, uh, data, immense uh, volumes of data from all over the world. And um, we're inventing new ways to showcase them to all of us, to see different connections, to um, connect different dots. Um, I can see it with the young people I work with that, um, that, that they're just connecting some dots that I never had the chance to connect when I was, when I was young. Um, and so literally visualizing it. So the spatial web is coming where we can just walk into data. Um, and, um, and this is, this is just a, an amazing opportunity actually for, for all of humanity to, um, to evolve. And stories are the key to this. So um, we've al always um, understood ourselves and also um, actually constructed our, our entire world with stories from, uh, from the early cave drawings and the caves in, in southern France that were actually really sophisticated stories about daily life, documentaries, so to speak, um, to, to nowadays. So, um, so, so there's so much of our world that are just these, um, these narratives that we all agree on like money, um, it's only little digits on our phone these days or a piece of paper, but it has value because we've created uh, a story about money. Um, so stories are actually you know, a huge part of our world and the way we construct the stories and the stories we tell define our world. So a lot of the, the talking uh, at this uh, conference is about you know, changing the world, molding it um, to how we want it to be. And, and, and our stories are really the, the starting point and the key to this. So this is why I think it's super important that we talk about this stuff. Um, and we've seen some outlines of these things. Um, we've seen how these news, new ways of connecting can, um, can change stuff. Um, so Me Too, you know, the, the single tweet in itself wasn't so important, but the fact that all these different uh, thousands of, of tweets and other stories started to come out and emerge all over the world made us see stuff new ways. It made people realize that they were not the only ones experiencing this. So actually the human connection created by this was the most important part and not so much the, the individual little pieces. So we're seeing some outlines, but we're also sort of wasting the opportunity at the moment. Um, so I've been in this field um, since the late 90s, and I was um, super excited for many, many years and was part of doing interactive documentaries and worked for Magnum Photos in New York doing great uh, online documentary. And the iPhone came and connected us all, and Facebook came. And, um, and, and, and I started seeing, okay, now it's happening. Now we're creating this uh, huge, great, world brain that's um, gonna enlighten all of us. And then it was like we just missed a turn on the highway and we kept going with 200 kilometers an hour in the wrong direction. And today all this data is locked in and all this opportunity is kind of locked in with a few tech giants and we're at their mercy. And they, they haven't really um, 
they haven't really built their platforms to enlighten us. They've built their platforms to make money for advertising. Um, so even though we can use the platforms for, for things like Me Too, we have to sort of hack the platform to make that work for us. And the other problem is, is that journalism and, and, and other forms of storytelling um, just also missed the boat when the internet happened. So we never really um, invented a real business model for journalism in the internet age. Um, we have stories stuck behind paywalls, and there's a lot of problems with that. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, in a few minutes, we're going to talk with some youngsters who can tell you why there's not really a, a, an alternative or a possibility for journalism for the next generations. Um, they're stuck in these very centralized linear formats. I think our former speaker also touched on this with the gatekeepers and all these things. Um, and, 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 and that's in an age where we really have the opportunity to, um, to just set stories free in a, in a completely other way. So what we need, I think, from looking at this and working at this for a decade is a new kind of networks for real human stories, for documentaries, for journalism. Um, so networks that, that is about really documenting what's happening in the world and not showing how cool you are and um, showing like this, this sort of artificial version of life that I think is promoted on the current social networks um, by and large. I mean, there's also great things about the social networks, but there's a lot of the stuff that's just not uh, real life. Um, so, and, and I don't think we can ever sort of turn Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok in a direction that would support um, real life stories. I think we have to build something new and better. So, um, uh, so this was our starting point actually for launching uh, Duckling. Um, and then of course now AI is happening big time and, um, and we're all um, sort of seeing the challenges with that. So um, I want to touch a little bit on that as well because that's an element of where we go with these networks and where we go with stories. So I have this uh, quote from uh, Nick Cave that I think is great. Nick Cave actually created a really cool medium called um, the Red Hand Files. I'm not, I've never actually listened that much to Nick Cave music myself, but I think his idea is great. It's basically sort of a question, uh, his fans can answer him, uh, ask him questions, and he uses that as an outset to, um, to talk about stuff. And he had some questions about like, what would a Nick Cave song be like if you, if you just use chat G GPT and a fan created a song and he wrote a long thing about it, but his main point was, um, artificial intelligence don't really have all these human experiences. Um, and, and um, you know, you, d you can't, chat, chat GPT can't know what it feels like to swim in the ocean, um, what it really feels like, for instance. And it's those human experiences that are left for us. It's when we share those that something unique happens um, that can't re be replicated by AI. And sort of one of my dreams with, uh, with AI is that it's going to show us that, exactly that. It's going to show, it, show us what it really means, what the core of being human is, and it's going to push it, us to create different kinds of stories that way. So, um, so we have uh, two different uh, sides of our brains. Everybody knows that, and they work really differently. Um, and, um, and the right side is about... Um, 
thinking in systems, connecting the dots, um, it's empathy, it's intuition, it's all these, um, these things that I think are very um, unique traits for humans. And the left side is about um, binary thinking, so it's us and them. The left side is where we get our self, uh, sense of self, our ego. So we start to see ourselves as um, a disconnected part from everybody else. Um, we do stereotyping, but it's of course also really good to have the le left side because it handles facts and reasoning and all these things. So it's not, it's not a bad side, but I think when we talk about storytelling, we need to really focus on all the stuff that the right side does. It's the right side that makes us feel connected to, um, to, to the entire world. Um, and so we need to, uh, we need to create storytelling um, that sort of taps into all the abilities we have in the right side of our brains. So this was, um, was the starting point when I met uh, my co-founder Camilla, who's down here, um, who's done a lot of youth um, content. Um, and we thought, um, okay, we, somebody's got to do a platform that ensures that the next generation can have the same possibilities that we had, because we grew up with newspapers and um, documentary movies and all these things, and they don't really have a platform for that nowadays. Um, and then, then we thought, um, and we, we had a lot of hypotheses and so on, and we we're like, okay, we're not that young anymore, so we got to go test this with some young people and we got to actually, the only way we can do this is to co-design it with, uh, with young people. Um, so, um, so we went out to a school first, um, a high school in Denmark and um, did a couple of workshops with them to get an idea. Do they even want to create this stuff? I mean, do they want to do these right side brain stories? Um, do they want to do journalism kind of things? Um, and we did some workshops just to test that out, and then we got some input, um, and now we are building an app that's gonna fuel this, um, this new kind of network. Um, but I brought two of our co-designers here today, and I'd like to invite you up. So I, I think it's super brave to, uh, to of, of you guys to come up here because um, yeah you you English is not your native language and it's probably the first um, time you you were telling me um, there's so many people here <laughs> and I was like yeah it's great a lot of people want to hear what we have to say but uh, <laughs> so um, so let's start out with maybe you can tell talk a little bit about um, the workshop that we did with you guys because we basically took. Um, some journalistic methods, like um, uh, doing an interview, things like this, and then we had you develop some topics and do stories. And how was that experience? I think it was super fun. Like, normally we just sit and read news, but this time we got to be a part of it. We got to write our own story, we got to interview our friends, um, but this time, yeah, we, was, we were part of it, and we got to make headlines and choose the pictures we wanted to th uh, on the news. So I think it was super fun and a new way to like be a part of news. Um, yeah. What about you, Sophia? Yes. I also think that we can relate a lot more when, we, when people our age create stories and stuff like that because it's things that we are interested in. And yes, so it's just, you can relate a lot more. Can you, can you try to explain how is this different from Instagram and Snap and so on? Because you use that all the time. So how is doing, 
and and the format that we worked with was, was pretty similar, like images, little video clips, and so on. So how is it different? On Instagram, you try to, you know, when you post a picture it's like this, you try to create the perfect life, and you know, you make fake stories to present your life to be perfect. But on Duckling, you can like create stories that tells, you know, facts and news and stuff like that. So it's not fake. On Instagram, it can be fake, but duckling and stuff like that is not like fake. I think that Instagram is like posting your life and it's just content, not like uh, telling a story from your life, just posting a picture and like people are not supposed to, like you're not supposed to tell a story through Instagram, but in duckling, you can write a story that you think is interesting and your friends can relate to that and that way you get the social media uh, in Duckling. Um, yeah. So let's just take a look at one of the big Danish newspapers here. So I did this like little screen recording from, from another day. So, I mean, first of all, do you go to newspaper sites like this ever? No, not at all. <laughs> and why is that? I just don't think it like catch my eyes and you get your news from like TikTok and Facebook and stuff like that. So you don't go to newspapers on online. You just, you know, click on what comes on Facebook. Here's an article. So how does that, what does that do for you when you look at something like this? To be honest, I think it looks a bit boring. Um, it needs more pictures, more that catch my eye and um, a headline that just says, I want to read you. It needs more videos, pictures, special effects maybe. Um, so <laughs> something that makes it more interesting to read. Um, yeah. Um, and it actually costs money. So like now I've, I have a subscription for Politiken, but um, I mean, do you pay? Or do you, could you imagine paying for, for something like this? No, not really. I I uh, pay for Spotify and Netflix. Um, I would not see myself pay for um, a website that posts news because I can get it for free other uh, places. Um, yeah. Yes, I would never pay for it either. I get it for free, so I don't, uh, I don't get why I have to pay. But if I didn't get my news from other places that I have to pay, then I would probably do it so I know what's going on. So let's imagine that you could get a medium that would make you feel good about yourself and make, make you feel good, at, like positive about, hopeful about the world and things like that, um, which I guess maybe you get sometimes from listening to stuff on Spotify or whatever, but would that, would that be something you would pay for? Probably, yes, I think so, Essa. yeah. So I'm, I'm just you know, leading you a little bit along because my hypothesis is that if we created that, like my hypothesis is it's not because of, um, of, of sort of that it's journalism it's that you're not paying. It's just a little bit about the wrapping. It needs more visuals and whatever, but it's also about the feeling you get when you're, when you're on the medium. Like if you get a feeling of hope and positivity and all that, you would... You would, you would maybe use it. 
I would definitely pay for it if, because it's social media and news um, like in one place. You can be clever and you can be yourself in one place. So I would pay for it if yeah, it was made. Just to round off a bit. So in Denmark and I guess a lot of other places, we have a lot of debate about young people's use of screens and you guys are too much on screens and all these things. Um, we don't hear a lot about, we don't hear a lot from the youth actually. It's something that all people like me are debating. So what do you think about that whole debate? And do you have some thought, so thoughts on that? I don't think that we use too much time on our screen. Like in school, we use screens and it's just part of our daily routine and stuff like that. And that is just different from when older people were young and we grew up like this and we don't know anything else on we always just have been on social media so i don't think we use too much time on the screen yeah and like social media is also a positive thing and being on screen is also a positive thing because we interact with our friends and our family on social media and on our screens so it's also a positive thing not just a negative Cool. So to round off, I just want to say, you know, of course, we mentioned Duckling a few times and it's a project we're doing, but it's not so much about that project for us. It's more about really creating um, knowledge and thoughts um, that can help create a medium for the next generations. So if anybody out there want to reach out with something or collaborate or whatever, you're, you're more than welcome. And, um, and I hope you stay tuned. And I just want to say a huge thanks to you guys for, uh, for collaborating on this. Thanks.